Stoltz, Fair Catch Catch, the 15-minute fantasy football podcast. I'm Paul Stoltz, former professional kicker who spent way too much time in the offensive film room. And I'm Anthony LaFreary, an award-winning sports reporter who is basking in the sheer and utter genius of his co-host. Not only did he have the Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill stack yesterday in DFS, he called Wayne Gallman, Austin Eckler, Debo Samuel, Chad Beebe, James White, and Latavius Murray. He got a Latavius Murray game right. Paul, Professor Paul, the genius. I give you, ladies and gentlemen. I, I appreciate that, actually. Uh, sometimes you compliment me. Sometimes you don't. Uh, offline, you tend to compliment me a little less. So the fact that you uh, subsided on a Cowboys rant as part of your introduction this week, I'm – I'm honored. I'm, I'm thankful, I'll even say. It's Thanksgiving week, so we may as well talk about what we're thankful about. Well, it is week 13. It is arguably the most important week in fantasy football. If you have already clinched a playoff spot, congratulations. If you have not clinched a playoff spot and you're like the two of us and fighting for one, this is a big-time episode for you. If you're already mathematically out of it, not sure why you're still listening to us, but we appreciate it. Hopefully you have some sort of like toilet bowl you're playing in and trying not to get the Sacco or something like that. So without too much more to do at FCK podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, if you haven't already hit subscribe on YouTube or on Apple podcasts, go ahead and do so. It will notify you every time that we come out with a new episode. And lastly, hit us up in the comments, DM us. We're happy to answer your questions. 12 o'clock noon Eastern standard time. Anthony and I go live. Uh, to answer your start set questions, that is also when we reveal our daily fantasy picks of the week. Hope you guys won some money from those this week. Two things this week uh, for this week's episode. Number one, top five waiver wires as usual. The second is listener's choice. We, we asked you guys what you wanted us to talk about, your questions, your player analysis. We're going to hit you with that after. So without further ado, let's hit them with the waiver wire, Ant. All right, Anthony, who are your top five waiver wire additions going into week 13 hit us with five through two first okay Paul so just before I get into it I just want to preface this that almost all of my guys here are spot starts meaning you really want to start them for just one week maybe two tops we're just trying to get you dubbed in week 13 when it matters most so uh number five one of your guys you got right uh Latavius Murray He's had double-digit carries in three of his last four games. Um, until Breeze comes back, I think he's going to continue to get that, something that could be used. Number four, Devontae Booker. We don't know what's going on with Josh Jacobs. I heard the injury wasn't – it's not looking good. He's probably going to miss time. Great matchup next week against the Jets. Number three, this is not a start, uh, spot start guy, and that's Alan Lazard, your guy. He's the second best receiver in Green Bay's offense with our favorite game manager. Um, number two, also in that offense, Robert uh, Tanyan, also not a spot starter either. He's a sure thing for four to six targets a week. He's getting um, Philly and Detroit the next two weeks. Definite start in my eyes at tight end if you don't have an elite guy. Yeah, and I think that's – you've got some good spot starters in there. I'm shocked that – Robert Tunyon, as he's called, uh, Bobby Tunyon by uh, Aaron Rodgers, who is apparently the only person in his life that's allowed to call him Bobby. 
I'm, I'm shocked he's under 50% owned. That's, that was a miss by me. He's somebody that, as you said, six targets every week. He finds the end zone. Uh, he should be a starting tight end right now. Uh, the other guy that was an honorable mention for me uh, is Devontae Booker. Uh, Jacobs, I read, is actually supposed to play this weekend. It's not confirmed yet, though, so monitor it. But even if Jacobs does, watch for Devontae Booker, Booker to keep working his way in. He's a legit flex option for you. They're giving him his own series now. Uh, and with Jacobs banged up, they're going to want to take their foot off the gas. All right. My number five is a guy you and I have been touting for about four or five weeks now, Brashad Perriman. Worth mentioning again, he gets five to seven targets every week. He gets a couple deep balls. He is legitimately talented former number one pick. If Darnold is the starter, which he finally is again now uh, coming back from injury, Brashad Perriman is an RB3 look. Uh, sorry, a wide receiver three look for us. My number four is Benny Snell. We don't know what James Conner's status is going to be with COVID. And I would love for you or me to even be able to run behind that offensive line. That's a good offense to be that I want a piece of. Number three is Cam Akers, who we've said it for a while, is the guy that eventually they want to take over that offense. He is a violent, vicious runner, which contrasts well with Henderson, who's the speed back, Malcolm Brown, who's the do everything. I think we start to see more and more Cam Akers talking 12 to 15 carries. And he showed us with his 60-plus yard touchdown run. He's got it. Uh, my number two, Kiki, do you love me, Cutie. This is a guy who started the season not just five on the depth chart, started the season inactive, right? Has worked his way back into favor with the departure of Bill O'Brien, has gotten healthy. And now you have Kenny Stills out, Randall Cobb out, and Will Fuller just got hit with a six-game suspension. They worked QT into the game plan more and more last week. I think he is 100% worth an ad, and he's barely owned right now. Yeah, Paul, that is really a genius move right there. Um, the fact that Fuller is going to be out for a while, it's basically now down to Kiki and Cooks. Uh, I really like Cooks now, too, with, um, with Fuller out. So that's, that's a great look right there, Paul. All right, Ant, who you got at number one? Well, I got me a 1 and 1A, and I know you're going to hate me for this. <laughs> so what I want, Oh, oh, it's magic, you know. Um, listen, we don't know what the deal is with Tua. Um, whoever's starting there, I like, though, because it's the burrowless bungles they're playing. And that's like my one. And then my 1A is whoever is basically playing under center for the Bears because Trubisky wasn't terrible last night um you know I'm still a Falls guy but the big thing is it's his schedule Paul he's got Detroit at home Houston at home at Minnesota at Jacksonville you gotta at least stash and see what's happening there I'm in shock I'm in absolute utter shock that you would put Mitch Trubisky in the same sentence on an equal playing field as your boy, Nick Foles, who you have come on this show on a weekly basis and defended. Well, in my defense, it is anybody under center for the Bears, and it's strictly because of the matchups. 
Foles is still my guy. If he's under center, I'd rather roll with him. But listen, Trubisky's a little bit more mobile. I get it. That's that's kind of the difference. Yeah, so I have a 1A and 1B also. Mitch Trubisky is my 1A. The, the schedule is ridiculous, as you just said. He's also somebody who has put up good fantasy full seasons before, right? And he's mobile. He gets yardage with his legs. They find themselves down a lot. He does what we thought Stat Padford would do, Matt Stafford this year. Uh, he does that religiously. I love Mitch Trubisky uh, and the next four games throughout the rest of the playoffs. Uh, the other guy that I like, you said at your number three, is Alan Lazard. Uh, Rodgers will literally throw anywhere that he can to free up Devontae Adams, and his favorite target to throw uh, to, to throw to is Alan Lazard consistently, and he loves Lazard in the red zone. All right, Ant. It's week 13, arguably the most critical week in all of fantasy football. This is make or break for a lot of people with their start sits, with who they're picking up. Uh, some people also have uh, trade deadlines that have not hit yet, which is crazy to me, but take advantage if you can. So we did a listener grab bag episode so we could customize this section for you guys, our listeners. And uh, let us know who asked each question and uh, we'll go ahead and answer it. Okay. Right off the bat, we're going to go rapid fire. Scraplack, what is Curtis Samuel looking like for this week? Uh, I'm going to give you a more big picture on, on Curtis Samuel because uh, Curtis Samuel is no longer on a week-to-week matchup basis. I think uh, he has established himself as a consistent part of that game plan, no matter if it's Teddy Bridgewater or P.J. Walker. 70-plus uh, yards in three of the last four weeks. They're finding ways to get him the ball. He, he used to have injury issues. He doesn't have that uh, anymore. Touchdown in three of the last five games. Uh, this is a guy I think you can now consider every week uh, at flex or wide receiver three. Yeah, the results are there by the end of the week. It may not look pretty. It may be in 500 ways, but he seems to get there. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees, is it time to cut bait and drop him? <sighs> yeah, it is. I mean, look, it depends. Not if you're in a dynasty league and not if you can afford to wait for week 16, 17. But at the end of the year, teams do two things, right? They get injured and they put in replacement guys. And secondly, they start playing rookies more and more. And so I don't want Breeze taking up a spot on my bench so that I could be taking shots at rookies who end up being uh, or backups that end up being lottery tickets towards the end of the year. Second part of that question is if so, for who I love Trubisky's schedule, as we said, during our waiver wire portion, that is a quarterback I could go super flex on. I could even start uh, consider starting for the next four weeks. Yeah. Breach just can't stay healthy anymore. So it's time to move on. He's 41 as well. Uh, Travis Fulgham. Is he worth holding? Yeah, look, Fulgham's talented. Is he worth holding? I think our answer might be outdated by the time that this episode airs uh, on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. So I'm going to take a shot and say, yes, he's worth holding, but not if you find a better option. We'll see what he does during tonight's game. We are recording Monday night. But Fulgham, even though he had one catch last game, did get seven targets. He is in uh, Carson Wentz's game plan. So he's a, he's a borderline sure hold them, but if you have somebody better, I'm not screaming drop them right now. 
Yeah, uh, with, with Volgum, uh, he's still clearly in the game plan, so he's worth stashing. He's uh, right in the pecking order, right behind the other team's cornerbacks when it comes to Carson. <laughs> Give it to him, wins. <laughs> uh, Emmanuel Sanders, are we cutting bait with him too? Yeah, I'm, I'm cutting bait with Emmanuel Sanders completely. The only couple big, t- big plays he's made were just bomb throw-ups by Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's only throwing the ball 16 times a game right now. This is a run-first game plan. I believe it was 4-1 to one run to pass. They ran the ball like 45 times yesterday. Uh, the only wide receiver I'm owning there is Michael Thomas. Yeah, well said. I can't say it any better, so I'm going to just move on. Uh, season outlook for Cole Beasley. That's a me question right there. That is a you question. <laughs> the self-proclaimed psychic of Beasley. You know exactly when Beasley's going to have a good or a bad game. Give it to us. <laughs> well, it wasn't looking good until he threw that 20-yard that touchdown pass. But by golly, he did it. Listen, guys, when John Brown is out, that's the time to start Beasley. He's on IR, um, so you got to hold him. And unless you're just truly stacked at wide receiver, start him as your wide receiver two or your wide receiver three or your flex, something along those lines. Yeah, I, I agree with your outlook. Look, it depends. His value to me is dependent on uh, John Brown being on IR, which he is right now. He's worth owning at least. Mm-hmm. Um, being we've been talking about receivers that we're out on and in on, how about one more by low receiver? Uh, yeah, I would probably go with Cooper Cup after this game this weekend where he didn't get targets till late Cooper cup Cooper cup uh, owners are probably pretty frustrated with him after that performance and they're panicking at the moment. So again, if you're in a league where the trade deadline is uh, has not commenced yet, uh, Cooper cup is a guy I would try to go after. A couple ones I'll mention real quick, as silly as it sounds, but Deandre Hopkins has been meh the last couple of weeks. So if you can, Go for it. Uh, Another guy a bit more reasonable, although the secret's probably going to be out on him, is Brandon Cooks, because we just said it's Kiki and it's Cooks, and that's pretty much it in that wide receiver room right now. Yeah, Cooks was going to be my number two guy off the top of my head as well. Now, what about running backs? Is there a running back you'd like to buy low on right now? Yeah, there's one off the top of my head, and then I'll like list a few that I think are worth making offers for the number one question that I've gotten is should I trade Kamara and my answer is no (laughs) you should not trade Kamara right this was clearly going to be a game against the Broncos who don't have a quarterback where Latavius Murray was going to be relevant and he was the running back for he was the RB1 for the second half of the game this happens all the time this isn't new right? When they face a good team, Kamara's much more involved in the game plan. They're not going to win every game 31 to three. Uh, so if you can put together a package for Kamara, Kamara and, and, and get a sucker Kamara owner, go for it. Uh, other guys off the top of my head, J.K. Dobbins, you and I have been touting a while. He'll, he will be the number one running back once he's done with, with the COVID. Kareem Hunt, there is a very negative sentiment on him. But Baker Mayfield missed him twice in the end zone. He's going to continue to be involved against many teams, including the Giants, who are strong at corner and can't really cover linebacker uh, running backs as well out of the backfield in that game coming up. 
Raheem Mostert and Aaron Jones are all the guys I would say uh, buy low on from a running back standpoint. Yeah, I'm with you there. I just would like to add that I saw a fantasy article this morning saying that without Drew Brees in there and with Taysom Hill running the offense, that Kamara is now considered a firm mid-level RB2. No. No, no, no. If I could if I could acquire him for mid-level RB2, I will do that forever in a day. Yep. Hey, uh, we got another question. What do you think uh, on, on Zeke Elliott the rest of the way? Do you think he's a 2.9 uh, points guy like he was last week, or do you think he's the 25 points guy that he was the week before? Well, this is frustrated Cowboy fan alert and really frustrated Ezekiel Elliott fan and owner alert. Um, it's somewhere in between, to be honest with you. I've watched him every game this season, and I got to tell you, he is not the same guy. He's just – he has no explosiveness. He's a fullback. He's Eddie George. I think he's a 10 to 15-point back. Maybe he can hit you 20 if they don't fall too far behind and he can get a touchdown. But we got problems in Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott right now. Do not count on him to win you a championship at this point. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. It, it seems like it's game plan dependent, but that was certainly a game where I thought it was going to be feed Zeke time. And I'm certainly worried as well. So Zeke was one of my guys. Let's go with one of your guys, Jared Goff. Super flex format worth holding or not? Yeah, he's definitely worth holding. Uh, his schedule coming up is Cardinals and Patriots immediately, which is uh, Cardinals looked really good last week defensively. I thought Patriots looked pretty decent defensively, uh, but 15 and 16 are the Jets and the Seahawks. Those are the weeks if you're fortunate enough to make the semifinals and the finals. I would start Goff there, but Goff showed us. Uh, last week against the Buccaneers that he could be fairly matchup proof against a good defense. So uh, he is somebody I would be considering starting in a super flex spot. If we didn't address your question, because everybody has a different fantasy football team, please go ahead, leave, leave a comment on YouTube or leave us a comment on Instagram. Again, at FCK podcast, hit Anthony up on Twitter at FCK podcast, hit that subscribe button on YouTube or on Apple podcasts. However, you're listening and join us 12 o'clock noon Eastern time. This is the most important week. I may or may not have said that yet today. I'm pretty sure I have several <laughs> times. <laughs> and we want to see you make those playoffs. We'll help you out however we can. 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Instagram Live. Both Anthony and I are there to answer your questions. Have a great week, everyone. Good luck, everybody.